Your son, he's gone. He was weak and foolish, like his father. So I destroyed him. Hello, and welcome to the Weak and Foolish Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Tang, and with me is my fellow podcaster, Paul Shu. In this episode, we will be discussing the film Barbarian from writer-director Zach Krager. And if you don't know anything about this movie, then join the club because I didn't know anything about this movie either until I saw it. I just heard of it because I saw a lot of good reviews about it. A lot of the top critics that I follow were reviewing it and it was appearing on Letterboxd a lot. And I saw these articles being written about it. Um, and then, Paul, you saw the movie first, and you're the one who group messaged us. We have like a little film nerds uh, group chat, and he's the one who who messaged all of us and said, dude, this is this is a movie that should be talked about. Um, and so that really compelled me to want to go see it uh, in theaters. And um, yeah, so I, I kind of want to hear about your thoughts about it first. Uh, Paul, why don't you share with us all in a non-spoiler discussion why you like this movie so much and why you thought... We should should have talked about it on the podcast. No, yeah, for sure. Um, and yeah, just to add on to that, it, this was also one of those films where I barely knew anything about it. It's one of those films where I heard about it and then I think I might have gone to see it like two days after I heard about it. So it was definitely one of those really quick turnarounds where I was like, oh, this sounds kind of good. Oh, I know this guy from, uh, I mean, director Zach Crary is from, whitest kids you know and it's one of those sketch comedy groups that I, that I kind of grew up watching so I thought it was interesting you know because we, we've had instances in, in Hollywood where you know people who are from former sketch comedy groups or just former comedic backgrounds like just exploding onto the scene like you have Donald Glover from um, from his sketch comedy group and of course you have Jordan Peele as well from from Mad TV so it's always good to see you know, people branching out and, and not only are they doing that, they're doing it in very, you know, big ways. So, uh, yeah, I mean, this film was so fun. It, it was so unexpected. I didn't know anything about it. Um, but it, it, it's just funny because as I was thinking of the reaction to this film where, you know, most people who will, who've reviewed it will say, it's better if you don't know anything at all and you just go into it watching with no expectations, just knowing that it's, it's under the, the horror genre. And, and I was just thinking to myself, like, you know, you can, this, this film has kind of captured that, that zeitgeist, that buzz surrounding, you know, how you approach a movie. But since you and I, well, you more recently have started doing no trailers you can pretty much do that with any movie. Like if you don't watch the trailer, if you don't know anything about it, like everything can be almost as refreshing as Barbarian. Uh, so I, I think it's great uh, that people are kind of seeing the, the rewards of uh, kind of just not looking into stuff exactly, not knowing exactly what's going to happen. Of course, you know, there's risk with that, especially if you don't like the movie, but uh I mean, for this one, I, I saw enough where people were like giving it good scores. So I was like, okay, these are people I trust. So I'll go watch it. Um, and yeah, it was awesome. It was really fun. Um, I think it's a really well-made and like a very economical film put together. It doesn't really waste any time. It's just, it, it shows you what you need to see. Uh, and it does so very competently. 
Um, I think the setting itself is great for horror. Uh, it has really good cinematography and just everything was just so surprising because again, this was uh, Zach Krieger's first feature film. And I think he just, just based on how, you know, this movie unfolds, I feel like you can tell he has a, a wealth of knowledge of this genre and how to subvert expectations. So yeah, I really liked it. Definitely one of the best movies I've seen all year. Um, and this is this, we watched men earlier this year, right? Men was 2022. Uh, right. Yeah. Okay. Was early, earlier this year. Okay. Yeah. So I think men is still the scariest movie of 2022, but this movie's up there for sure. I don't know about you. What do you think? Um, well, just a just a little slight correction. Uh, it's actually Zach Krager's uh, third film. Uh, he actually co-directed a movie called Miss March back in 2009. Oh no he, way! Yeah, and he did. He was a writer and director for The Civil War on Drugs in 2011. But oh, I mean, cool. these aren't these aren't like well-known movies, I guess. You know? Yeah, this must have been his biggest like theatrical release, I guess. Yeah. Right. And so I think this is definitely the film that got the most buzz, I feel like, because I, I haven't heard of him uh, until now. Um, but, you know, I am very happy for him and I agree with you. It's a highly enjoyable film, I think, because I didn't know a single thing about it. Uh, like I said before in the intro, it, it wasn't even on my radar. I didn't, have, I didn't even know this movie was coming out until the buzz around it from the critics that we follow, uh, the movie websites that we follow. And then obviously you were the one who were the most convincing, like, cause you're someone I know who saw it. And then you're like, dude, we got to talk about this. And so I think, I think the fact going in blind and unsullied, uh, it wasn't intentional. It's just, you know, I hadn't seen any of the marketing for the movie and, you know, we don't want to spoil any of the details because we want you to go in unsullied, uh, you know, no trailers, just like us. And I'm incredibly, incredibly grateful that I actually knew nothing about this movie. I think the payoff watching this film on Solidity was was pretty big. And so uh, I'm not going to discuss right now what it's about, but you mentioned, Paul, that it falls under the horror genre. I'd like to add suspense to that as well. It's like horror suspense. Yeah. So I, I would say, though, if you're not a fan of those genres, if you get scared easily in movies, then I'd say maybe you'd want to skip this one. Right. But if you're okay with those genres and if you kind of dig horror and suspense, then you got to see this movie. You got to see it like as soon as possible. Um, now, about why I enjoy the movie, uh, like you said, Paul, it was a lot of fun. Uh, but I think for me, what made it so fun was there were so many moments throughout Barbarian where I had no idea what was going to happen. Like there were even some parts where I thought it was going to go in a specific direction and it just completely blindsided me and took a different turn and i love that when a movie does that you know it just i i think that i can outsmart the movie or i'm smarter than the movie itself but then it knows that the audience is thinking that it knows that the audience has seen all these horror movies and suspense movies and it kind of has some of the common tropes that we see and then it just kind of turns it on its head and subverts these expectations and so I think because of all those moments, um, I I had a blast. I I thought it was a I'll, you called it a wild ride, and I I completely agree. It's it almost feels like a roller coaster uh, where this movie goes and where it takes you. It gets really crazy at <laughs> at some point, and yeah. but you you know by that point I think 
audiences are already invested in it and uh you've already bought into what the movie is and it's it's great it's a lot of fun and i you know zach crager you know we haven't heard of him i haven't heard of him until this movie but like he he directs it like he's a master of the craft i mean you mentioned he's from a comedy background right so that's even more surprising yeah. how he was able to transition to this and you know just the the shots that he selects in this movie and what he chose chooses to show the audience is just i, I feel like it's just really great visual storytelling and without being super in your face um and it, and it allows the audience to work for uh, what the movie is trying to do and, and what it's trying to tell you through showing and i i think i love it when movies do that and he does it a lot in this movie so uh yeah really great film uh i had a lot of fun um why don't we just get into spoilers right now because so that we can actually fully divulge what this movie is yeah sure so yeah so so you have basically if you're listening to this and you haven't seen the movie you have both of our enthusiastic recommendation to go see barbarian all right uh let's get into spoilers starting now no no you're still holding on let go Normally on this podcast, we we break down the movie into different parts, uh, different acts. I think this movie has a very clear structure as well. So part one, uh, which is uh, is where the movie begins. Uh, we have Tess, played by Georgina Campbell. She checks into an Airbnb and finds out it's already occupied by a guy uh, named Keith, played by Bill Skarsgård. She doesn't know who this guy is. Uh, they just, apparently the Airbnb double booked them. So they have a back and forth conversation about what to do, how to, you know, go about the situation because it's a really awkward situation. Uh, Tess agrees to stay in the Airbnb uh, with Keith that night. And uh, throughout their conversation, Keith essentially um, warms, uh, he, uh, Tess warms up to Keith. And so uh, they end up having a, a good, fruitful conversation that night. And I think you kind of get the sense that they're both attracted to each other. Uh, so later that night, so Tess ends up sleeping in the room while Keith sleeps on the couch. Uh, later that night, uh, Tess realizes the bedroom door has been opened and she hears something outside uh, in the house. So she goes outside and he, she sees Keith on the couch. He's tossing and turning, moving around. He's making all these weird noises in his sleep. So she goes to try to wake him up and he freaks out because um, she's been woken up. And uh, the next day uh, she wakes up and then uh, she finds out that that uh, Keith has has already gone for the day. He leaves a note for her. She goes to her job interview in the city. She comes back to the rundown neighborhood and she's chased by a homeless man who demands that she leaves the house. She runs inside, locks the door. Uh, inside the house, she actually accidentally knocks, uh, locks herself in the basement where she finds a trap door. And she pulls on it, it opens up, and there's all kinds of uh, weird, crazy things uh, in there, she finds a room with a, a bed and a camera and a, a blood-stained uh, handprint on the wall. And she goes back upstairs, and then Keith Keith is coming home. And, um, oh, wait, wait, Keith is one? Uh, I think she he pulls her out, right, from the basement? Um. So I think she, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So she, she uh, sees him, like, in the little, like, the basement window um, that you can see from the outside. And yeah. then she's like yelling at him to to grab her, and then yeah, he he pulls her out. Okay, and he's for some reason like she tells him that there's something really weird down in the basement, and she 
pleads with him to leave. You got to leave together, get out of the house. But for some reason, he's just so fixated on what's in the basement. He wants to go down and see it. So he doesn't, she waits for him upstairs. He doesn't return. She goes down after him. And then she discovers that there's another level to the basement. Is there's, there's like a subterranean tunnel that leads under the house, uh, under the basement. And she hears Keith screams and she goes down there and she uh, she finds him and he claims that he sees someone else uh, in the tunnel and that person uh, bit him. And so they both panic and then there's all of a sudden a large, naked, deformed <laughs> female all of a sudden uh, comes out of nowhere from the darkness and then attacks them and then uh, bashes Keith's head in uh, the walls of the tunnel and then it cuts to black. All right, let's let's talk about this section. Let's <laughs> I kind of want to go back to the beginning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, there's there's a lot to talk about. Yeah. Um, I mean, let's talk about the initial premise, right? I, I loved how relatable this scenario was. Like an Airbnb is pretty commonplace now, right? I think most people who have traveled have tried out Airbnb. Um, and we all know that what this, like this obviously has, I don't think this happens often, but I think anyone who has ever tried an Airbnb Airbnb can relate to just how awkward the scenario is. You try to check in and then there's already someone else there. Um, and then obviously it's, it's even worse that it's dark. It's in a really unsafe uh, neighborhood that's run down and it's raining outside and all the hotels are booked out because of some conference, according to uh, Keith, right? So really right. like it, the movie kind of sets it up where she has no, she has no, like option really other than to stay at the house or to enter the house. And I think just in that initial conversation within the first five minutes of her standing outside and talking to Keith, uh, already you get the sense that something's off. And I think the opening shot of uh, us seeing Keith and then they talk, he, he kind of asked her to come into the house and he kind of backs away from the door into the darkness and then it cuts to the title of the movie, Barbarian. Yeah, I, I just love that. I'm like, wow, what a creepy introduction. And I think all throughout this opening scene, Bill Skarsgård, like, I thought he gave a wonderful performance. You know, you don't know if this guy is shady or if he's telling the truth. And he plays the character in a way that you can interpret it both ways. I think it's just really good nuance on his on his part as the actor, but also... Uh, Zach Krager as the writer, like just writing the lines where you can, you you know, you don't know what, what to think and what to believe, especially because you just met this guy. Um, and I think Georgina Campbell, a lot of credit has to be given to her as well. I think she's essentially portraying the audience. She's like the audience surrogate, right? And I think yeah. all her decisions, I think it's essential in the first 10, 15 minutes in the intro all her decisions have to make sense right to the audience like that we need to buy in that this is something that we would do if we were in that scenario like if we were left with all these options that they have set up in the movie like we would also choose to stay in this house um yeah given you know given the situation um so i i just thought it was so well done and and immediately from the beginning of this movie i was i was invested uh in it yeah and i think a lot of credit has to be given, like you said, to the acting and also just the writing, because, you know, horror kind of lives or dies by the stupidity of its characters. Yes. And right. so a lot of times when it's like, you know, you have this stereotypical 
scene where people are yelling at the movie theater, like, don't go through that door. And then they go through the door and then there's trouble, of course. Um, and it's, it's interesting because in this film, it's like, it's a woman, first of all, you know, realizing right. that a man has already occupied the Airbnb and, you know, given today's climate, you know, the fact that, you know, it's, it, women can be very vulnerable to these types of situations and a man can take advantage of said situations. So in retrospect, if you think about it, it's like, man, like she's kind of stupid for doing that. You know, she could have just, just driven somewhere else and just chanced it, just try to risk it and find another place. Um, But I certainly did not think that when I was watching the movie, I was, like you said, I was right in her shoes with her and I was like, yeah, you know, it looks really scary outside. It, like, because one point of clarification that we should talk about before uh, that you kind of briefly mentioned in your synopsis is that it's dark and it's raining. So it looks really, really scary outside. And all the other houses in the neighborhood are obscured by the darkness. And we can't see what any of the other neighborhood houses looks like. But the one house that she shows up in the Airbnb, it looks pretty nice. It, Honestly, it kind of looks better than my house. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, yeah, it's so it's great. Um, and but in that situation, we're like, all right, well, I mean, Keith, like, I know this kind of sucks, but I guess we got to work it out together. But yeah, I mean, I, I think the point is just like it. This could have been a part that could have gone totally wrong, where it's like, oh, already our character is making like a dumb decision, you know. But yeah, definitely credit to the acting uh, because it, it just seemed like everything that they did, like, even though it wasn't entirely rational, it was believable. And at the end of the day, that's all you want. Um, and yeah, I, I, I wondered if Bill Skarsgård was like Zach Krieger's only choice for this movie, because look, Bill, Bill Skarsgård is a handsome guy, but he also looks really creepy. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, does. yeah. Like I'll forever associate him as Pennywise, the clown in the it movies. He just has that smile. He has those like, just that strange like the curve on his lips and i'm just like oh, oh man. his eyes too yeah his, his eyes really big eyes that i mean he can't and that's the great thing about bill scars are like he can look really charming and he could look really creepy yeah totally and totally yeah you i mean i think the audience can read really read his his expressions and his face like in two completely different ways in that opening scene yeah, yeah. and yeah again credit to his acting because when they do have that conversation they sit down over a glass of wine it's it really brings out the dichotomy of like whether or not someone is just like straight up creepy or they're just a little socially awkward you know because there was that scene where he's like he's like sort of forcefully offering the wine to her well first before the wine it's the tea right right right. he says he's going to brew some tea and then there's even this shot, right? There's like a top-down shot of the tea and then the camera pans to a different angle of the living room as if it's like, it's basically telegraphing to you like, oh, hey, you know, don't drink the tea. And so, <laughs> yeah. and she, she, you know, rightfully like rejects the tea, you know, initially. She's like, you know, and, and yeah. you're kind of reading between the lines like, hey, you don't mm-hmm. know this guy. He could have slipped something in the drink, right? So, um, so that, I think that kind of earns the audience's trust in a test as like a sensible person who's going to make yeah, the right decision. Yeah. But then even when he offers the wine, right? He's like, Hey, look, look at the bottle. It's, it's sealed. I haven't opened it. I just want you to see it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh my he's gosh. like, he's totally aware of how creepy he's coming off. Yeah. 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 So, 
Yeah. And, and then I think the, the way that that conversation naturally grows into a, like, she actually recognizes like who he is, like, because I, I forget exactly what, but I think he's like part of like a musical group or something like that. Yeah. Right. Uh, that she follows. And she's like, Oh no way, this is you. And then they start feeling more comfortable with each other. And then, you know, that was like, when I was watching it, you know, I let my guard down too. Cause I was like, Oh, okay, cool. At least like, Oh, so, so see during that part, I was like, no, this guy's shady. He probably like know who, <laughs> knows who she is and looked her up and then like orchestrated this to like trap her in this oh, house. Oh, okay. So wow, actually, interesting. Yeah. So I was like, okay, me and my, my mind was actually split in two during the scene. I was like, okay, he could be a good guy, but because it's a shady neighborhood because she's staying here, I think maybe he's, he's done his research and he's trying to like earn her trust and he's going to do something later. But, you know, I, I was just like, maybe, maybe I was like kind of 50, 50 on it. Yeah. But I was like, that was one of the scenarios that I was like thinking how the movie would play out. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Dang. You're more cynical than me, dude. I'd probably be the first to die in a horror movie. Cause I'd be like, <laughs> Oh, okay. You see, I know this guy is cool. Well, when they start, <laughs> when they start, you know, making the bed, you know, cause they had to wash the bed sheets. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I was like, I was like, oh man, this is like becoming like a rom com, like like meet cute type moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I forgot. I, I wanted. I want to try that technique on how he applies the the bed sheets. It seems like it might be kind of effective. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't even paying attention at that point. At that point, I was like, dude, should she just like running out of the house right now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know. Like, so shortly after that, we get the scene where he's kind of convulsing in his on the couch, like in his sleep. Yeah. And that's just an interesting, like, interesting plot point because it never gets addressed. Like, oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. He just has it. And then it's just like, I, I feel like that was Zach Kreger's way of implying that, you know, maybe there was a sort of darkness to him. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, things are never so black and white where it's like, oh, yeah, he's a really good guy or or no, he's a terrible guy there. There could have been something about him that we'll never know, but that he what maybe was a little shady or maybe something was just off with him. And, you know, again, that just has credit to the script and, and just the overall performances. But, yeah, I, I that was something that I didn't really think about until after he got his face smashed in. <laughs> Yeah, I um I thought the movie was being a little bit too deliberate in trying to make him seem shady uh, because of the I think there's the shots of the tea, I think was a little bit it, like it was clear that they were trying to throw us off. Like now in hindsight, right, looking back at the movie, those shots are placed there to try to make us second guess sure uh, yeah. Keith's intentions. And I think him screaming at night in his sleep, I thought that maybe he's the one who opened the door to the room and he's just you know he's just trying to draw her out or something and then there's that cre that other person who's in the house you see another person right by the basement uh so that's i was like you know that's a possibility i i guess um but then i think with the way he wakes up and he like freaks out um it made me think <laughs> oh maybe maybe he is telling the truth maybe yeah he... that part was awesome because he makes tess look like the jerk yeah it's like, it's like dude why'd you wake me up yeah yeah <laughs> And and she doesn't say she. I don't think she tells him that like, dude, you were convulsing in your sleep. She was just like, uh, my bad, and then just like goes back or something. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's pretty funny. Yeah. 
Well, uh, you know, the next day when she drives into the city and goes for her job interview, I was like, why don't you just stay here in the city? Oh, yeah. So, okay. So that's a, that's a point of clarification that I think we need to address is that when she goes outside, that's when she finds out that all of the houses next to her are completely like destroyed. Yeah. They're right, all like right, vacant right. and like run down. Yeah. And... They're all dilapidated buildings. It's yeah. Like yeah. Habitable. And that was such a, that was such a clever reveal. I yeah. think. Okay. Because... Yeah, so um, I thought that Keith, you know, the part of me that suspected that Keith was lying and he's trying to trap her and all that. I actually thought that he was lying about the neighborhood because she didn't get a good look at the neighborhood at night because it's right. so dark. So I thought that he was lying about the neighborhood. But then in the morning when she leaves the house and she sees that all the buildings are dilapidated and it's, it is desolate. That's when I was like, oh, oh, I guess he was telling the truth the whole time. He's just like a weird, awkward guy. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think it just led to like built up the whole ominous atmosphere of the place because, yeah, it just the way that the the camera kind of like pans around it's like oh shoot like nothing good can come from this house yeah. if it if it's not keith it's just going to be something else because this neighborhood is screwed <laughs> yeah uh but yeah i totally felt the same way as you like when she goes in for the job interview it's like it's like back to back to earth you know it, it was like she was in like a some horror fantasy land before but then she goes to the city downtown and then even the person that she's interviewing with is like oh you're on barbary street or whatever like don't do that like don't don't go there and she's like no nah, no nah, it's okay <laughs> um, yeah uh i i thought i thought during that conversation she would have been like oh like the, all the hotels are booked out because of the conference and then i thought the interviewer was going to say what conference <laughs> and then and then we're back to oh no keith is a creep uh, yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, you, you were really second guessing Keith, man. I I had already put my life in his hands. <laughs> I, I just think it's because like, you know, you when you watch movies like this where like it, it's like keeping you on your toes, right? And it's like deliberately trying to make you it, it's like playing with your expectations almost. So I was trying yeah. to like I was running through different scenarios in my head uh, when I was when I was watching it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. So it's like it's it was a matter of like which scenario it, that I had in my mind was gonna was gonna was gonna come true. And I did not expect the what they're gonna find in, in the basement. I had no idea <laughs> yeah. the house I had no idea the house itself has something to do with the movie. Yeah, no, I totally agree. So I mean I, I think the whole sequence where I mean, the secret the first sequence where she opens the hidden passageway was already like kind of creepy, and I was like Okay, you know, I, I can handle this. This is a, uh, you know, not not something that we've never seen before. And then obviously the secret room with like the bed, the camera, and the 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 pee bucket or whatever. You're like, all right, clearly something is wrong with this house. Um, and for me, my rationale was no longer like, it it wasn't like, oh, this is Keith's doing. You know, I, for me, it was just like, okay, something is clearly like, because we we already saw you know, something scurrying around in the shadows. So I was like, okay, I, I'm fully into the train of thought that like something else is, is haunting this house. And then the, uh, yeah, the, the scene where Keith decides to go and investigate the second layer where it's like darker tunnel. I think that was, you know, when Tess goes to follow after him, I thought that was the scariest part of the film, like hands down. Oh, it was sure. so yeah. claustrophobic 
like everything about it was just like i was just like holding my breath i was on the edge of my seat the whole time and just credit to uh the way that that whole sequence was filmed i i it's hard for me to explain but i feel like the angles that Kreger uses this film it's like it's like he uses like uh like a handheld camera but then it's like the the way that it moves around very smoothly i feel like he uses visual effects to do it Mm -hmm. but it just makes for like a very kind of like a surreal like way of filming it I, i don't know if you got that same impression yeah i don't i don't actually remember that but um yeah yeah i i do agree that his filmmaking is is excellent um I think even like when she opens the door and then it like she just looks inside and then she's like, nope. Yeah. 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 I, I love that. I laughed. I laughed so hard. Um, but I think she's also as a character, I feel like Tess is like way smarter than I, I would be like the way she uses the mirror to reflect the light into the hallway. I'm like, <laughs> no, man, I'm, I'm too dumb. I, I would never <laughs> think to do that. Try to do that. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I would also have just been like, all right, I guess I'll just walk in. <laughs> yeah, but I, I do agree that part is uh, terrifying when you see the rope on the wall and then she pulls on the rope and it opens this door. I think it, it reminded me of almost like Parasite where you discover that there's this under underground like bunker type thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so there's all these secrets underneath the house. I, I I love that. I love that. It's like it the movie takes a huge turn, and then all of a sudden you realize it's well. Actually, you know, during that part, I was like, "Oh, could it be that Keith owns this house, and Keith is some <laughs> sicko who, who traps <laughs> yeah. his Airbnb guests in here?" <laughs> yeah, always hating on Keith, dude. Yeah, I mean, dude, it's Bill Skarsgård, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why does he have to look so shady all the time? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, totally. Yeah, but the the um. In the tunnel, he's like, there's someone else down here. That gave me goosebumps all over. Like, I, I was yeah. freaking out. And then... Even and just the shot of him crawling towards Tess. Because yes. he was, like, crawling towards him, like, really fast. And I was just like, oh, my God. And if I remember correctly, I don't think the movie uses, like, a loud sound to indicate the jump scare or whatever. Right. Like, the, the camera just shows him, like, scurrying towards right, right. Tess. And, and I was that's like... That's just terrifying. Yeah. That's, like, all you need to see. <laughs> I mean, dude, even in your own house, if you were to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night and then you see like a family member crawling on the ground like that, like that, <laughs> yeah. there's just some something about that visual that's just like it's so effective, you know. It's, it's yeah. just it, it, it seems kind of barbaric, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, the visual of the naked, deformed female lady uh is just I don't know. That was terrifying. It just made me jump in my seat. Yeah, because the whole movie teases like an appearance of an other uh, of a shadow shadowy figure. And then the first time you see it, it's barreling towards Keith repeatedly smashes his face into the concrete wall. And then the shot ends with him with her screaming at Tess and then it cuts, uh, is, which is so crazy. But one thing that, uh, I mean, I got to give a shout out to the person who plays the mother, who is actually a man, Matthew Patrick Davis. Uh, Shout out. Yeah. Shout out to uh, this dude who plays a a gray, nasty looking 
massive naked lady. <laughs> it, I mean, I thought I thought now like the movie is turning into a zombie movie. I thought it was a zombie. I was like, oh uh, my gosh, we're switching genres now to the zombie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, well, I think you had mentioned to me in our chat, like when this part of the movie cuts to black and then we switch to I had no idea he was even in this movie. It switches to <laughs> Justin Long in like yeah. Malibu in California. This movie takes place in Detroit, you know, in the outskirts of Detroit, like a really, you know, rundown neighborhood. And then it switches to sunny Southern California. Uh, and we see Justin Long, who's a sitcom actor. And he's in his car, his convertible driving. And the music just changes to like this upbeat the soundtrack. It's it, it was so jarring. And I was like, what? in the world does this have to do with the movie <laughs> yeah. we're just watching and yeah. i think you you gave the shout out to uh the last of us part two which uh you know we got to shout out that that game more often that's like a masterpiece <laughs> of a game that that kind of did the same thing you know at its midway point at the climax i think that's a really ballsy move for any story to do and they got to do it for a good reason i think in the last of us two is very purposeful even though it was risky i think they they pulled it off and I think in this movie, I think they did a great job in 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 earning that uh, that abrupt cut. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, I, I think my 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 thought process for both Last of Us Two, and of course we won't spoil anything because if you don't if you play video games and you never play that, you should because it's one of the best games ever. But my thought process for both that scene in Last of Us Part Two and in Barbarian was because it's so jarring, like it has to. Yeah, it, it has to be a story worthwhile um, for for this cut to happen. And I was like, they they better make up for like whatever this story is is gonna go to because I need to figure out what happened to Keith and and Tess. Uh, and yeah, it's uh, I I think I think it it doesn't take too long for you to figure out that um, Justin Long, who plays AJ Gilbride, is. A sitcom actor and he is accused of um having inappropriate sexual relations with a co-star co and he needs money to pay for the legal fees because he's going to get taken to court and he we, we we find out soon enough that he is the owner of the house that keith and tess stayed at at the airbnb and uh i think in the short amount of time that it does that you're like, oh, okay, like this is where it's going. And this should be interesting, like, because you know that he's probably going to go back and uh, probably investigate the house as well. So, yeah, what, what were you thinking at this time when, you know, it was kind of revealing his backstory and also the scene where he talks to his friend at the bar and talks about how it's like, yeah, you know, like I slept with her. Like, like, did you think that that was like, I thought it was like pretty well written. Yeah. Uh, like, it seemed very convincing, but what, yeah, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, this guy, AJ, um, I, 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 like you mentioned, the, the scene at the bar, uh, when he finally gets to Detroit, he meets up with a friend uh, who's in the area. And then the friend asks him about the allegations, like, oh, is it true? I got to, you know, just be real with me. And his explanation is like, it's just like Bill Skarsgård's character, like you, like he could be telling the truth, but he's also like a Hollywood kind of sleazebag. He's like, he could totally be like trying to, trying to twist the truth uh, to sound like it's in his favor. So I feel like it can be read both ways. Um, I think later on, it kind of confirms just what kind of person he is deep down inside. 
Oh yeah, yeah, for yeah. Sure. Uh, we'll we'll get there. And it kind of, I think, I think watching, thinking back to that scene, I think it, it just reveals that I don't think he's telling the truth. Basically, he's just trying to cover for himself. Um, but I want to talk about just, man, just I, I want to appreciate just the fact that this movie has surprised us like three or four times already. You know, we think it's about one thing, right? We think it's about these two people staying in an Airbnb like you think that's the movie for like the first 20 minutes and then and then it throws the surprise of the basement and then it, it deepens like it's there's another level to it and there's this freaking like zombie lady like <laughs> yeah. living there in the tunnels and then keith the guy who i thought was the villain of the movie gets his freaking head bashed in i'm like yeah. well i guess i guess he doesn't own the house i guess this is not <laughs> his his like weird chamber yeah uh, and then it switches to aj and I'm like already like three times in this movie, I've been taken aback and surprised. And I think this is what we're talking about when we say that this movie's a wild ride. Like it just, it keeps trying to subvert your expectations. It, I think it understands what the audience is thinking and expecting. And it's just like, you know, we're going to do something different. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And we're going to take this turn when you least expect it. Um, and then, you know, AJ's whole story, I'm like, what is this? have to do with with this the rest of the movie that we just saw and i think i think it kind of plays into it later on um but yeah so after that bar scene he he goes back uh to the house and then he he inspects the basement and he he finds the uh, hidden door and the tunnel and i thought this part was just a little bit too silly where he's like trying to figure out how to sell his house for more money because now he's found like this, uh, this like tunnel and underground passageway. Yeah. So there's yeah. more is more square footage for his house so he can sell it for more. I thought that I was like, okay, I think anyone, even in his situation would not, <laughs> would, would be that dumb, you know, like, like clearly there's something weird going on yeah, uh, in this sure. house that you own. Yeah. I, it's funny because I actually really love this scene. Um, oh, okay. But I like it because uh i i just feel like it's such a masterful way of directing the same thing but oh. tonally completely different yeah, right, you know right. because just just a few moments ago tess was going through that tunnel and i was about to pee myself because yeah, it was like right. so scary and then it and then we we revisit this scene where aj's going into the tunnel and he has the tape measure and he's just like oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> like checking out all the square footage yeah. and i was like oh you know it, it, it's so amazing to see how all of the tension is is kind of like sucked out because because you know aj's kind of an idiot like definitely what he was doing is like dude you have to know that something is obviously so wrong about this but the fact that he was just approaching it as like oh i'm gonna get so much money from this I just thought it was really funny. It was really clever. Um, and I feel like directors don't really do that very often, like kind of kind of almost like poking fun at like their own scenes that they build up for tension. Right. And then it's like completely yeah. deconstructs it, you know? Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I didn't see it that way. But I mean, I, I think now I now that you say it, I'm like, it's totally true. Yeah, like he's revisiting the same scenes, but like it's almost like he's in a different genre. Yeah, exactly. Um, there's a trailer for this movie that advertises this movie as like a Justin Long like comedy and yeah yeah I saw that yeah, yeah yeah so I saw that I'm like yeah his movie is like he, like his opening scenes are just in a completely different like movie yeah you know, it's, it's but then that's that movie is welded into this one 
and it just I, I feel like it works. Um, yeah, so it, he yeah. so let's talk about what he finds. Uh, he eventually finds a room that uh, has a TV in it about uh, breastfeeding newborn children. And then, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then, you know, he, just your common standard fare oh, stuff. To- totally normal thing that you would find in an underground <laughs> passageway beneath your house. Yeah. Um, and, and then he's chased by the, uh, the zombie woman, right? And then she he falls into a pit and then he meets Tess. And then, um, and then she tells AJ to stay calm. And the woman in tunnels, they refer to her as the mother. And basically, you find out that this, the mother wants, them to act like uh her children and they the mother forces Tess to to drink milk from a bottle and then aj refuses to do this (laughs) and then so the mother drags him away to the tv room and then forces him to breastfeed oh my god (laughs) yeah saying that just makes me want to and and like the, the the bottle itself was like they they had so many like prolonged shots on it especially when like tess is drinking it and then she like forces like points it in aj's face it's like covered in cobwebs and like oh, it's just yeah. like oh, oh it's like gosh. so gross the way that it's shot it's like you know just like a hand extending from like a, the darkness with like this nasty looking milk bottle it's just it's just bad vibes <laughs> for sure you know i i actually described this movie to my wife because uh she you know she's obviously not going to watch this movie so i was just explaining <laughs> to her the plot and then when i got to this part she just kind of looked at me and she's like what the heck <laughs> like she's why did like, you this watch sounds, this yeah she's like it sounds so dumb i mean <laughs> and, and it sounds it sounds ridiculous but yeah the movie itself oh my gosh it is so creepy and this just shows that you can't read a synopsis about a movie you can't be told about what the movie is you know, no one can be told what the Matrix is. You know, you got to see yeah. it and experience it for yourself. Yeah. And this is a movie that on paper, it sounds so stupid. But when you watch yeah. it, it's it's an experience. No, totally. And that whole breastfeeding scene was just like, yeah, like so it, it was like I didn't know whether to like cry or laugh because it was like so horrifying. But it was also like, <laughs> I don't know, it's just like it's just ridiculous yeah yeah so if you were in that if you were justin long would you would you have have uh played along with the mother oh god i mean i don't think i would have gotten to that part i think when tess was like just drink from the milk bottle that i would have done that i don't think i would have been like oh heck no and then got to the second stage where she shoves her (laughs) elongated zombie boob into my mouth because yeah those are freaking so gross yeah, I was like wondering, like, why doesn't AJ just pretend to drink from it? You know, like, how how would the the mother even know? Oh yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, uh, it's gross, nonetheless. <laughs> yeah. Um, the movie then cuts to a third section, right, which is a flashback to the 1980s. Oh yeah, it shows the house's original owner, and I was surprised by this part. The movie changes aspect ratios. I don't know if you noticed it. Uh, you know, the whole oh. movie is like widescreen, you know, format 16.9 or whatever. Oh, it gets uh, smaller, huh? No, it, it switches like a four, four by three, yeah, like yeah. four, three aspect ratio. And I was like, oh, shoot, because it's like, you know, period uh, piece. And so Frank, uh, the original owner, uh, really great show and tell, by the way, like he, you just see him going about his day, he's buying groceries, and then he 
he watches this woman across the street uh, walking uh, and then it cuts there's like a jump cut to the same shot of him looking outside but now he's outside her house and he's watching her uh enter oh yeah that was an awesome really really good jump cut um and then you basically essentially find out that this guy frank uh abducted these young uh what young women like like the one that we saw in this uh flashback and then held them captive in the tunnels uh he raped them and then raised uh children uh, with them in the tunnels i mean that's just really sick stuff and then and then um and then when aj attempts to escape uh he finds um a room that the mother is afraid of and then inside it's uh frank uh an older version of frank he's like in a almost like a near he's like dying basically he's and then there's dozens of videotapes of frank raping different women and then uh aj gives basically gives frank uh unintentionally gives him access to a gun which he uses to kill himself and so uh aj gets the gun and goes back into the tunnels and then uh night uh it's it's evening outside the mother leaves the house to try to hunt down tess who had escaped and then um tess is basically outside in her car waiting for the mother to leave the house and then she runs her over uh, pinning her uh, to the house they she thinks she killed him she goes to the basement to find aj only to be accidentally shot by him in the darkness and uh i I thought that part was just tragic like i was like no oh yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. and uh the two escape the house with frank's gun uh in tow uh so uh they when they escape when they leave the house they find that the mother has freed herself from the car that she's not there they don't find a body and then uh the homeless guy from earlier they uh named andre he finds them and takes them to his hideout and basically explains that the mother is a product of decades of rape and incest. Uh, and then that's when the mother ambushes uh, ambushes them. Uh, she kills Andre, which is hilarious. He was like, oh, yeah, they. Uh, I, I, I've been around for years. Like, I've never seen her come here. <laughs> and then immediately she <laughs> yeah. comes from behind and kills him. The mother uh, has good comedic timing. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, she chases Tess and AJ up a water tower and then at the very top and all this time aj is not helping tess at all right he's just right. running ahead and tess is just i mean he's the one who shot uh tess and even at the campfire with andre as andre's like giving the exposition dump about the mother and all the rape and incest um aj is the one who has a moment of introspection saying that he's the one who caused tests he shot tess it's his fault i mean he did all the stuff that's wrong it's almost like he's about to repent right for his sins he wants to turn things around he wants to change as a person and he asks the question am i a good person or not right and so at the top of the water tower um as the mother is is coming up uh, aj actually pushes tess off the tower <laughs> very then, short-lived conviction yeah right and then the, <laughs> and i think that's the thesis of the movie right um the mother jumps off after tess shields her from the fall Tess basically lands on the mother and then aj uh finds out that Tess survived the fall because she fell on top of the mother and then aj tries to apologize to her but the mother regains consciousness and then kills aj by gouging his eyes out and splitting his skull and then um she tries to bring Tess back to the house to nurse her but then Tess shoots her in the head with frank's gun and the mother's finally dead so Tess stumbles away 
she's bloody and traumatized um bravo solid movie <laughs> i i i think uh one thing i forgot to mention um i'm reading off the wikipedia synopsis by the way i think one thing that that they didn't mention was like the cops there's cops in the area that yeah. just tries mm-hmm. to convince and i kind of felt like their unwillingness to believe her a little bit unbelievable like i get it like she even mentions it like i'm not some crackhead which is probably stuff that they would find you know they, they run into people like that all the time so they probably think that she's like one yeah. of those people but i think once they get to the house and you know i don't think that it's uh likely that they would just leave leave her there i think I think they inspected the basement from the outside, right from the cracked window, and then they see that there's a, um, you know, uh, clearly there's an underground passageway. She is telling some, some kind of truth. Yeah, yeah. So um, I, I, I kind of didn't like that part of the movie. I'm like, dude, come on, like, uh, I, I don't know, but it could be also commenting about how cops are useless. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I thought it was like a pretty overt uh, commentary on uh, people's inability to trust women at their Mm, word Uh, and especially women who are you know of color uh i mean i I think that was kind of its way of making that call out but i don't think it was the most uh nuanced way of of doing that because it's like all right i mean i get what you're trying to say but um or it could also just be uh the fact that it's detroit yeah (laughs) detroit is like the ultimate like i mean it's full of yeah i mean like you know the movie's implying it's that area is filled with a lot of you know drug druggies um so but you know i think i mean to counter your point i guess i I didn't i guess i didn't think that because the cop was a black man you know black man or a black woman so i i guess i didn't see that as much because i think it was like a white cop maybe yeah Uh, sure I, i don't know yeah i I I actually I didn't read the movie that way, but you know I, mm-hmm. I can see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, I think AJ uh, being like this Hollywood uh, scumbag who you know uh, who made advances on this woman, unwanted advances on this woman, and um, I think he's kind of like, and he's kind of similar to Frank. I guess is it? Do you think the movie is saying that there's like a common thread between a man like AJ and someone like Frank? like a predator oh yeah i mean i think yeah i think you can make a connection like that i i personally didn't but i mean it's again it's i think it might have just been because i wasn't really reading much into it uh yeah, but yeah well, i think it's very possible yeah i think the only reason why i thought that or I tried to make some kind of connection is because I, I was just wondering why what what aj's story has to do with the movie like like how does that what he's going through with the rape allegations and and you know, he has that like really fake confession to his friend in the bar. Uh, like, what does that have to do with the movie? And then he even has that. He even has that scene by the campfire where he kind of questions his morality. Is he even a good person? And what is his nature? The essence of his nature. So that's mm-hmm. why I was like, okay, like uh, in the end, when he pushes Tess off, like it just shows, it reveals, like, oh, he's no different than someone like Frank. Yeah, sure. Like, he just uses people, uses women. Uh, for whatever he whatever his needs are and yeah even after he pushes her off he's like not remorseful about he's just like yeah like i i knew that you know the the mother wanted me or blah blah blah. so it's just like you you were just kind of in the way or whatever right it's just like it's like uh i don't know if you really want to be rationalizing that stuff at the moment 
Yeah. Um, but but just to backtrack a little bit to the flashback with Frank. Okay. I felt like that was the perfect amount of exposition that we needed for Frank. Right. Yeah. Uh, it, it was just enough for us to know that something is wrong with him. And also that it didn't, I, I felt like the film could have sensationalized, you know, the rape stuff or anything like that, but it was really just the implication of the incest and the rape that made it more terrifying to me because, you know, the, the film doesn't actually show any of it. The, the utmost, like the, the utmost point of uh, like, evil i guess that you uh see frank doing was that he enters the woman's house disguised as a handyman and then he goes to quote unquote inspect her house and what he ends up doing is he goes into her bathroom and unlocks the window so that he can sneak into it the following night uh mm, and then right. that's when you know he kidnaps her and stuff and that was just all you needed that was all you needed to show that he was a messed up guy he was a predator and he would abduct women um and i thought that it was you know anything more probably might have detracted from the overall story so i i really appreciated that touch um right yeah but i, t- I totally agree yeah the but the one thing that i honestly didn't really understand was be- was when uh i forget who says it but uh oh no it was the homeless guy yeah so one thing we didn't explain earlier was that uh, when when Tess is you know trying to go in for her interview, she's she's chased by a homeless man Andre right. yeah, that we yeah. talked about earlier. And the first time we see him, we we don't really get to see him. We just see a, a figure in the distance running towards her. And that was like, freaky, oh. by the way. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely freaky. It scared the crap out of me. Yeah, and then you find out that oh, it's like a nice homeless guy. Uh, but <laughs> but yeah, the homeless guy is the one who says that within the tunnels of that house is something far more sinister than just the mother. And then you even get that impression when um, AJ is running away from the mother and then the mother stops at a certain point because he reaches the door yeah. and then the mother like slowly backs away. And you're like, you're like, Oh freak. Like what, what's behind that door. Yeah. yeah. And then when you go in, it's like, Oh, it's Frank. <laughs> He's like yeah. lying in bed. And then there's like, you know, there's like a TV and then of right. course, you know, shows all the tape. But yeah, the, the one part I didn't understand was like, why is Frank so much more scary than the mother? And like, because I, my takeaway was that the mother is the one who takes care of him. Right. Because how else is he going to get food? Is he going to continue to live? Honestly, if it wasn't for her helping him out. And it's at this point, we've kind of already under understood and established the fact that the mother wants to nurture uh, yeah. her, the people that she, takes care of in however she can in her very sick ways yeah uh so yeah that part i was like a little confused on i was like he could and and he wanted to kill himself but i was like i thought he was the one in charge you know like i thought she was the one afraid of him but yeah that i wasn't sure i think it's just because he's the predator right he's like the apex predator who's just like he's captured dozens of women and like made them live down there in the cave like he's the true monster like i see yeah like yeah. you know we we see the mother as like this disgusting creature but he's i mean the mother's just a product of this man you know uh so you yeah. know I, I think that's the point that the movie was trying to make like he's he's a true terror okay yeah, yeah. i can see uh, that by the way uh we have seen frank the actor for frank uh richard brake yeah joe chill dude yeah dude. <laughs> joe chill <laughs> from batman begins yes good <laughs> 
<laughs> my man you got it <laughs> <laughs> yeah and uh who would have known that uh decades of incest can give you supernatural powers right oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> giving this woman like super strength super speed <laughs> yeah that's yeah that that's something that you just kind of have to go with with in the movie like oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah it, it's, it's it's so ridiculous at that point that you're just like of course i believe this yeah it's almost like it becomes a b movie b movie like horror yeah film. all right uh any any other thoughts on uh barbarian uh i mean the way that aj goes out was freaking disgusting uh he gets his eyes punched in uh and you don't actually see like the way that the camera frames the shot is you see the backside of his head and then you see the backside of his head getting wider and wider <laughs> because yeah. he's like smashing it in yeah uh yeah that was uh really disgusting but also a little cathartic because you're like oh yeah that guy was a jerk <laughs> yeah um but yeah it, and the way that it cuts to the credits uh with tess taking the gun and shooting the mother in, in the head yeah perfect way to end it yeah that's good I, I thought it was fantastic um i i can say honestly after watching this movie uh i don't know if i'm gonna stay at an airbnb ever again um, <laughs> yeah. it's just it, i think the movie brings up a good point in that you don't know who owns the house right you don't know who owns the place that you're gonna stay at sure. you're assuming that this person who owns the house is a normal person like you right who has yeah. a you know who is well adjusted and but you know this movie just shows like hey it, it can be nicely re renovated mm -hmm. uh you know it can have all these nice amenities but dude what if there is some kind of basement down there that's like some weird torture chamber um <laughs> uh, i i'm just staying at the hyatt from now on man <laughs> we're even the holiday Inn. <laughs> it's true man it's uh i think when you live long enough on this earth you you realize that uh, there's a lot of weird people out there. So, uh, and for those who are listening, who might be one of those weird people, you got to question yourself, man. Make sure you're not some sort of weird serial killer. Or <laughs> yeah, just know. just watch Barbarian, and then, and then... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, overall, I mean, man, this movie was so fun to watch. And then I think, yeah, immediately after I watched it, that's when I messaged you guys. I was like. I knew for sure that you were going to like it. And, you know, I wasn't sure if Albert or Joe were going to watch it, but we'll, we'll get them eventually on one of those, uh, on one of the horror movie episodes. Yeah. I think one thing's for sure. I think if there's a really good horror suspense film, uh, you can expect uh, Paul and I to, to, to be on that. So, yeah, with that said, uh, thank you so much for tuning in uh, to this episode of the Week in Foolish Movie Podcast. We'll see you next time. See ya. We're not done yet. No. The Supreme Leader is wise. I'm sure you are. Blow that piece of junk out of the sky! <laughs>